0: What's up, whole world? Welcome to Storytime with Cedric, episode number thirty-two. So, uh, this story takes place roughly 1999. I was in the United States Army. So, for those of you that know me, or who knew me back then, when I decided to go to the military, first of all, I didn't know much about it. But the only thing I did know was I didn't want to be infantry. That's the only thing. They got, they got 212 jobs. The only one I didn't want to do was infantry. So um, thanks to my recruiter, I picked quartermaster, supply. And what my recruiter told me was, like, look, infantry is 11 series. Quartermaster, 92 series. You're all the way on the other side of the number scale You're not even going to see these guys. Lies. For those that know, or for those that don't know, if you work supply, you can go to any unit. Be it support, be it combat arms. So because of what my recruiter told me, I thought I was safe. I thought I was good. My first unit uh, was a support unit, right? But my second, I got to Fort Lewis, Washington. I got stationed a second ID. That's that big Indian head patch. Charlie Company 123 Infantry. But I didn't know it was infantry at first because of what my recruiter told me. So I get my orders and I remember um, I got my orders and I'm reading them and it's like Charlie Company 1-23 capital I capital N and I couldn't figure out what the I N stood for. I was like Damn, well, it can't be infantry. I wonder what else it could be. Um, Ah, got it. Intelligence. It's the intelligence unit. Or in my case, lack thereof. Or, you know, whatever. So I get to Fort Lewis. I go to reception. It hasn't registered yet that I'm in the infantry. So when you get to a new unit, for those that don't know, the first thing you do um, you go to reception, you get in process, they send you to what's called CIF, and um, that's where you get all your, your uniforms and all your gear that you're going to need for the unit. Now, I'm thinking I'm going to an intelligence unit. I'm probably going to be behind a desk 99% of my time, right? So they, they give me this list, they send me to CIF, and I'm getting all this, like, the Mickey Mouse boots, and the Whoopie and the, the cold weather gear, and the gloves, and I got two shopping carts full of shit and it still hasn't registered. I'm thinking to myself, like, for somebody that's not gonna be in the field a whole lot, this is a lot of shit. I hope all this shit fits in my villa because I don't know, you know, where else I'm gonna put all this shit. Still hadn't registered. So I get all my CIF shit. I got two duffel bags full of shit plus my civilian shit because I just came um, to Fort Lewis. And uh, I stay there in in reception for a couple of days and then they take me to the company. So I get to the company and it's like six o'clock at night. It's raining. I don't know where to go. They just drop me off in a parking lot, right? And I'm like carrying all this shit. So I see a Humvee. I throw all my shit in this Humvee and I'm like, let me walk around and, and, and try to figure something out. You know what I mean? So walk around for about 15 minutes. I find staff duty, right? These are the guys that... They like CQ, they work all night, kind of keeping an eye on the company, for those that don't know, the lingo, right? So I walk in, and uh, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm Specialist Reed, I just got here, oh, okay, we've been waiting on you, we've been waiting on you, we didn't you know when you was getting here. I'm like, yeah, they just dropped me off a, a few minutes ago. Okay, well, let's get you situated, man, let's get you upstairs, get you in your room, where's all your stuff at? I said, I, I, I left it in the Humvee that was in the parking lot, they're like, what Humvee? I said the Humvee that was right there. They was like, oh my God, please tell me you did not put your shit in that Humvee. I said, yeah, I put it was raining, I didn't want to carry it, I didn't really know where to go, so I put in the Humvee. We go outside and of course the Humvee's gone. It's not there anymore. And I said, um, well who whose Humvee was that? Uh that was the Sergeant Major's Humvee. Yeah. So for those that don't know, the Sergeant Major is like the one you really don't want to fuck with you. Like when you in, when you overseas and you see the sergeant major coming. Hey, sergeant major, how you doing? Good afternoon. It's all good. But it's something about stateside, something about being in combat units. When the when the sergeant major come, people just disappear because you don't want you don't want this motherfucker to know who you are. Period. So I'm like, I put my shit in the sergeant major Humvee. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out tomorrow. So I go. uh they give me a barracks room, they give me a room and blankets, the the little green uh, blanket they give you and the first day I go to formation, you know I I realize I'm in the infantry You know, there's no females out there, just all these dudes and we get out there and um, they're like where's Specialist Reed at? This is my First Sergeant, I haven't even met him yet I'm right here, First Sergeant Uh, come here, Specialist Reed Uh, I walk over to him, what's up, what's up he's like yeah, the sergeant major want to see you. When, when, uh, right now. So I go over to the sergeant major. This is my first day in a new unit, and the sergeant major cusses my ass out for 30 minutes. I'm standing there, parade rest. Who the hell do you think you are, putting your shit in my Humvee? Who told you to you put your shit in my Humvee? Them dirty ass duffel bags. That's how they gave them to me from CIA. They was dirty as shit when they gave them to me. But I'm getting cussed out because they was dirty. But uh, yeah, man, the sergeant major cussed me out for 30 minutes, uh, made me do, I don't know how many push-ups I did, I did a lot of push-ups, and then he gave me my shit and told me to get the fuck out of his office, and um, that's how I met the sergeant major of my unit, and it was um, a pretty fucked up first day for a new unit. But I will say this, going into it, going into the military, I never wanted to have anything to do with an infantry unit, with a combat unit. But when all was said and done, I served in four different companies. Two of those companies were infantry and two were support units. Shout out to um, 2nd ID, Fort Lewis, Washington, and shout out to Bomb Holder, 1st Armored Division, 2nd BCT, over in Bomb Holder, Germany, the Rock, y'all know what it is, 1st Armored Division. So they ended up being my favorite units of all the units I was in they were my favorite. I had the most fun in them units after I got used to doing PT and everything. But it was all good. It was cool. Um, had a good time, and um, I think that's all for this story. Yeah, I went to the infantry. I got cussed out, but when all was said and done, it was my favorite unit to be in. And I recommend if you're going to the military, fuck it, go infantry. All right, that's all I got to say for now. Thank you for listening to my story. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I appreciate the listen and the love. And um that's all. God bless Good night. Adios. What's up old world? Welcome back to the second segment. Um, this story takes place many, many years ago. I was I was probably 10 or 12 or something like that. And um, really young, but I remember. I remember when this happened because if I'm still fucked up a little bit today because of it. Um, so my uncle used to live with us when we was little. It was my mother, and then my uncle, and then me, my younger brother, and my younger sister, and my older brother kind of would go back and forth between our house and my grandmother's house. He usually stayed at my grandmother's house more. But anyway, so it was like, my uncle used to date this, this woman named Eula. Right? Um, and I remember my sister could never say her name. She used to call her Nula. We used to tease her because she couldn't say her name. And my sister's like, you know, seven, six maybe. John's a couple years younger than me. I'm like 10, 12. And I remember that shit because there used to be this singer named Jody Wiley who had that song, New Love. It was like, I'm looking for a new love, baby. We would say, new love, baby, just to fuck with my sister because she couldn't say it. But um, Eula had um, false teeth. And when you, like, that age, you don't know anything about that type of shit. So what she used to do is she would take her teeth out Shit, put them in a, uh, like a glass, let them soak overnight. And you know, we didn't notice until we stumbled upon them and we almost had heart attacks when we saw this shit. So it was, I remember it was one night, it was right after the first of the month, we got our, our check. My mother went grocery shopping, and you know, the house was, you know, we had groceries, we had a couple of hot pockets and all that good shit. And what me and my brother used to do. Is we used to wait till all the adults went to sleep, and then we would sneak downstairs, and then you know I'd get first dibs at you know the hot pockets or the Twinkies or whatever we wanted to eat. Everybody was sleeping down there bashing shit all night. So this particular night, we wait till like 1:30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody sleep. Me and my brother tiptoe down the steps, and uh, we go in the kitchen. <coughs> Cut the light on. Now we still a little, we ain't old enough to like, you know, get to the cabinets. We gotta climb on top of the countertop to get to the cabinet and the cabinet on top of the refrigerator and all that shit. So we moved the um the dish rack where you put the dishes at, the little, where you have to put the plates and shit. It was next to the stove, it was next to the sink. And so we slid it over so we can climb up there And when I tell you we saw them goddamn teeth in that glass, we just saw, like, teeth. Like a whole row of them bitches. (laughs) And they was in the glass. And you talk about scaring the shit out of somebody. I just remember screaming and going, oh, God, what the fuck? Ah!" (laughs) Oh, my God, it was horrible, man. It scared the shit out of us. And, um... Screaming and screaming and shit, and I think my mom woke up and came downstairs. And, I think we got ass whoopings for trying to like sneak to get the food or whatever. But I remember that because the teeth, the teeth jacked me up for a long time. I was not ready, but um it was pretty funny when you think about it later on. But when I was ten, seeing a glass full of teeth. Just sitting there smiling at you for no reason it, it fucked me up for a long it, a long, long time. so that's my story. That's my Eula story and uh, thank you for listening. God bless. Good night. What's up, whole world? Welcome back. welcome to episode. 32. I think we in our third segment of story time with Cedric. So this is another story that took place a long, long time ago. Me and my brother was little kids, and um, this is a true story that's really happened. I hope my brother doesn't get mad about me telling the story, but it's the truth, and um, I hope you enjoy it. So, one, it was a, like a Saturday afternoon. I'm probably about 13. John is two years younger than me. Most of my most of my adventures from my youth involve, you know, my younger brother. We got into a lot of shit together. I can't tell y'all all the stories, but the ones that I can tell, I, I don't want to embarrass myself or embarrass my brother too bad. And some of these stories, I actually call him first and go, hey, man, you mind if I tell this story? And if he, if he blesses off on it, I'll, I'll tell it. But uh, this one, I don't think is too bad. But uh, let me get back to the story. So I think I was about 13, 14 years old, maybe. And my brother's two years younger than me. And we're in the house and my mother is asleep on the couch in the living room. And me and John are laying on the carpet in the living room watching television, right? And so um, I'm like, John, watch this. So we crawl under the couch my mother's cigarette lighter and I, I lit, like, you can flick it so you can see the fire, but it was like, under the couch, everything was dark and then when you lit the lighter, everything, like, lit up. I'm like, look, it's bright. Now it's dark. Okay, now it's bright. And, you know, that was it. You know, I, I, I crawled back from up under the couch we're watching the movie, whatever. I get up and I go in the kitchen to get some, uh, to get a glass of water. My brother about a minute after I get in the kitchen, runs in. His eyeballs are very, very large at this time. He's like, yo, uh, give me some water right now. I'm like, get your own water. No, I'm not, I'm serious. Give me some water, give me some water. So he moves me out of the way, he gets some water and he takes off running back to the living room. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So we go back to the living room and there's smoke coming from under the couch. My mother is asleep on the couch and it's smoke billowing from under the couch. So what happened was um, when I went to the kitchen, John went back under the couch and tried to do the trick that I showed him, but he lit the bottom of the couch on fire while my mother was sleeping on top of the couch. So um, (laughs) we're trying to put the fire out without waking up my mom, right? So there was a, um, a little rug like you you wipe your feet off of when you come in the house. So I grab the rug. I get on my hands and knees and I'm like, my mama sleep on the couch. I'm face to face with her, but my arm is like under the couch, sweeping, trying to put the fire out, but it's smoke and shit is burning my arm. And all of a sudden, I see my mother's eyes open. They open. And for a minute it was like, She was happy to see me for a minute, but then it was like, her expression changed, like, uh, what the fuck are you doing? And then I think she smelled the smoke. So, she hops off the couch, grabs the couch with her left hand, picks it up, one-handed. This is how adrenaline works. Jumps off the couch, grabs the couch with her left hand, Stands the couch up. There was a, a, a bottle of grape juice sitting on, like, the end table. She grabs the grapefruit juice, throws it on the fire under the couch, and uh, extinguishes the fire. Now, since I'm the oldest, the blame comes to me automatically. I'm like, look, I didn't do anything. I was in the kitchen. I wasn't even in here. But um, that didn't save me. So... Uh, I think my mom called the police on us she called the police on us yeah she called the, she called the cops and then my older brother came home my older brother marlon he's nine years older than me so not only is he a big brother but he's also like a father figure almost like an authority figure and i got more stories about my brother later on but he comes you know the, the cops are there and then my brother comes home what happened and my mom is pissed and my brother said let me whoop him, let me whoop him. And she said, okay, you can whoop him. So my older brother took me upstairs and gave me an ass whooping while my mom gave my younger brother an ass whooping. I still feel like I'm innocent in this. I feel like I'm not guilty in this, but hey, that's the way it goes sometimes. So we both got ass whoopings and I, overall I got blamed for it because I was the oldest in the situation. And as an adult, rightfully so. I shouldn't show him the fire and the couch and the shit probably would have never happened. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. John, if you're listening, uh, I hope you're not upset about me sharing this story. I tell these stories out of love, man. I'll never try to embarrass you. So, um, anyway, thank you guys for listening to the story. I appreciate you guys listening to the story. And this is the reason I'm not a pyromaniac. So, God bless and good night.